0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of M365 Voice. My name is Mike Marani.
1: I'm Sarah Halsey.
2: And I'm Antonio Mayo.
0: And today we are not going to pick a question from the journal. Instead, uh, we are going to chat about a topic that we have been talking about. It's a hot topic. We've been talking about it off camera uh, for a while. And we thought we'll chat about it and share our ideas with you. So, uh, Antonio, why don't you introduce the topic to us?
2: All right, so like you said, this is something that we've been talking about offline. It's something I think a lot of us face with our customers when moving into M365 or uh, SharePoint in particular. And if we try to frame it as you're an organization that um, needs controls around how you manage and organize your information. And you've got an information architecture that you've designed or you've worked with some consultants to design or perhaps grown organically over time. But you have an information architecture that's designed to help users organize their information. Um, which controls are too much for your business users? And when do you stop controlling your business users?
0: Um, yes, it is, it is definitely a question or a situation that we run into all the time. How much do you give control to the end user managing their content within SharePoint sites? And if, at what point you trust them, they're not going to go off the limit and the uh, guidelines that you have provided them, and you trust them to stay on course without messing up things in the, in the content management.
2: That's right. And I think we've looked at this in, like you could, we've talked about, you could look at this in two different veins. You could look at this from an information architecture perspective, or you could look at this from a permissions and security perspective as well, right? So both are valid ways to look at it. And I think we're focusing right now on the information architecture side of it. And I've seen both extremes. I've seen organizations that control it very tightly, where anytime a user wants Anything in SharePoint, if it's a list or a library or a folder or permissions or a content type or a metadata column, they're supposed to submit a ticket to IT. IT goes in and creates it for them. Right. And then we've seen the opposite side where users are free to do whatever they want. And um, some people have called that the Wild Wild West in the past where users can do whatever and organize information however they want. And finding a middle ground between there and having governance policies that help organization control, that's important, but where do you draw that line?
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think we've had conversations on the continuum of things and you kind of highlighted, how do you control new lists, libraries, folders, metadata? But if you extrapolate bigger than that, right? How do you handle creation of new SharePoint sites or new Microsoft 365 groups? And I know we've talked about that and whether companies want to manage it manage it and get approvals before things are created, whether they want to have a record of things after they've been created, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. But I think for me, it comes down to on the one hand, you have governance and controls and appropriate rigor and oversight. And on the other hand, you have usability of the platform. And so you're always trying to get the scales to equal so that way you have appropriate rigor while you're not making the platform so difficult to use that it's rendered unusable. And therein is the challenge, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think if this conversation is happening in an organization, there is a reason for it. So if we can take a step back, why are we trying to control the creation of a site? Uh, we've talked about that from a site's prop perspective, but if we go down to, The uh, control of creating a document library or the control of creating a folder at that level and just let the user only deal with content and documents. That is definitely a good reason why this conversation is happening. And most of the time it's about compliance and making sure that everyone is compliant with specific rules and regulations that the company has to comply with just because they don't want content that is sitting there for whatever reason, or it does not meet a specific classification requirements or a specific information architecture requirements that they don't want things to be stored out of line. Mm -hmm. So once we take that step back and we think about that, then we can start thinking about how much do we control? And if you don't want to control it and have that balance, what kind of tools we can provide to the end users and to the admins to help them be
2: compliant. Yeah, and and I've seen it come, so I've seen that the question come from a compliance perspective as you're talking about, Mike. I've also seen it come from the perspective of um, the IT team doesn't trust their end users. And when the end users mess up, it's gonna be the IT team that has to go in and fix it. And they either don't wanna do it or they don't have the bandwidth or the resources like the staff to go and do it. Right? So sometimes it's a little yep. bit of a self-preservation perspective of, you know what? It's just easier for us to do it right the first time than for us to trust our end users and go clean it up after the
1: fact. And sometimes that I've had many conversations with people in some departments that they even want to be able to govern who requests a new document library or a list or a SharePoint site because they say, we've already got a site for this. I want them to come through me so that right. I can help facilitate the management of that. So it could be at any level. It could be security it could be corporate communications or HR that wanna limit that you don't have an overabundance of sites on a given topic, or it could be a particular business unit that wants to govern things more closely.
2: That's right, yeah. Um, I tend to be a fan of within a site, let the business users figure out the best way to organize information, but Mm -hmm. provide them guidelines that they should follow right, that, that fit into, and I hate to use the term, but best practices or industry leading practices around, you know, what should and shouldn't you do when creating folders and subfolders and utilizing metadata, right? Common things like, I am actually a fan of folders. It's a very easy concept for people to understand. I'm not a fan of deep folder structures though, right? So don't do a 24 level deep subfolder structure. Right. Keep it to one, two, at most three subfolders, things like that. But that that's not something you put hard controls around. It's something that you provide guidance and training to the business users on, you know, tools to help them learn that they shouldn't do this and why they shouldn't do this. Perhaps some reports after the fact that helps, you know, IT or a governance committee follow up afterwards. But you know, (coughs) other than those kinds of things, I'm I'm usually a fan of let a business unit that owns sites. Um, manage how they can, how they organize it.
1: I would agree. One of the people and totally not a technology theme, but to take a kind of a left turn, um, there's a TED talk that I saw and it's an older one. It's from a long time ago by a gentleman by the name of Simon Sinek. And um, the context of his talk is start with why. And I always think about that phrase of start with why, why control? things. Why control who can create a SharePoint site? Why control who can grant permissions? Why control who can grant or create a document library? And I think it's important to start with that question because if you can crystallize on the why you care, why you need to control it, that will usually inform a level of requirement Um, because every time that you control something, it's actually usually more work, right? So if you understand why you're controlling it, then that might give you an indication of how much work or user annoyance you're willing to tolerate.
0: Yes, and and to to your point, once you control things, it's going to be a lot more work. Plus, you're going to have to develop that process. If If you're controlling the creation of a document library, you need to understand when you get a request from the business that they need a document library. You need to understand what type of document library it is. You need to understand the content because the reason you're controlling it because you're going to create it in a specific way. You might be adding content types to it, you might add in some default values, you might add in something, some labels to it. So you have to kind of make sure that you develop that process, you understand what kind of content, so you can create it for them right away. Otherwise, production is going to be lost and people are not going to use the system. If I need to a, a document library, it's going to take me three days to get it. So okay. understanding the whys is really, really important, <clears throat> but you have to build on top of that, the process to support that why.
1: I love it. Start with why and then build a process. And then make sure that you have appropriate communications to your users so they can understand it. Because um, if the users don't understand why, Are they likely to work with you? Or are they likely to work around you the way the water goes around the stone in the middle of the stream, right? Um, So if they don't understand the why, they don't understand the implications, you don't want them to work around you and say, hey, I know Mike has a site or document library, I'm just going to squirrel my stuff in there because it's easier than answering Antonio's questions and getting one created from him
2: or I'll just use my OneDrive as a project site instead of going off to create a project site. Yeah. That's right. I to collaborate in there, which is a horrible thing to do and leads to all kinds of, you know, no end of issues, uh, but I have seen that done. So that's a great point. If you do make it too difficult through controls for people to work in the place where they're supposed to work, they will find another way and often not ways that you would want them to.
1: And I still find it compelling, whether we're talking about creating a new folder, a new document library, a new SharePoint site, or a new Yammer community or a Microsoft Teams team, no matter what it is, you have a point when the three of us are in a meeting or we're having a chat and we're talking about wanting to create something new. How long does that desire to create that new thing last? If the time to live between us having the idea and us fulfilling that idea is too long, we will lose all momentum towards building it, right? And that's so important because from a user adoption perspective, users have so many things going on and so much noise happening that you've got to, I think in many cases, if we're extending the amount of time required, I think in many organizations that I work with, you've lost most of your opportunity for collaboration success.
2: Yeah. I think you and I have had a conversation about it in the past, Sarah, if you make a complex request and fulfillment process for these things and somebody requests it, request something, let's say a site, and it takes a long time, a week before they get that site.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They often lose interest in it. They forget, why did I request this thing in the first place? Or, okay. oh, I found another way to do it. And you end up with yep. this thing created that no one ends up using.
1: Versus, and it's one of the reasons, and I know we've talked about this on previous episodes, but I love thinking about it differently. Um, I love thinking about if Mike has a great idea for a new SharePoint document library, a new SharePoint site, if we let him create it now and then go through some kind of a governance control, a justification, a registration process that is timed later, There's a higher likelihood that Mike's going to successfully convert on that idea, um, but we still have a safeguard and control to make sure that we manage it. So I'm a big fan of, can we put the governance, do we have to put it before fulfillment, or can we make it time-sensitive immediately after fulfillment and still be able to achieve the same outcome?
0: Yeah. How do you measure that? That's a really interesting point, but how do you measure that if I'm, doing all the, full, I'm, I'm just going mm-hmm. and and checking the creation yeah. process afterwards. How do I measure if it was a legitimate uh, process yeah. or, or request and how do you go and you say, no, I don't think you should have been there. I want you to remove it or I'm going to remove it for you. Then you might get into the situation where the owner is going to say, hey, but I have useful content in that.
1: So the way that um, I've seen it done successfully is fully automated. So there is no justification. So let's just say it's a SharePoint site for the sake of clarity based on our conversation. If I request a new SharePoint site, a workflow automatically kicks off. um, Let's say a Power Automate flow that automatically sends me a link where I have to go and register my new SharePoint site. I have a certain amount of time to get that done. Let's say a week. If I don't register it within a week, it gets automatically deleted by the flow. Then I have a process whereby if I had important stuff out there, maybe I have 10 days to, after it's been deleted, I'll get another notification saying your site's been deleted because Sarah, you didn't do the right thing. You didn't register your SharePoint site. Here's a link, you can register it and we will automatically reinstantiate it for you. Okay. But if I don't take action a second time after oh, it's God. already been deleted, then it's gone, so there's no justification, but then it's frankly on me, because not only was I notified once, but several times. And I've seen that work successfully at several different organizations at different levels, whether you're talking about a team in Microsoft Teams, a site or a group, but what I like about it is fully automatic, there's no justification, and frankly, there's no exceptions. If you're going to have a governance process, it should be a governance process. And frankly, don't make Sarah's stuff more important than Mike or Antonio's based on the fact that I created it.
2: Agreed. I like that.
1: That's
2: great. What what if we bring this to a a tactical level on a few things from a control perspective, right? Do you control things like content types, terms in the term store, those types of things? Do you centrally control those as opposed to let the business go and set those up however they want?
0: I typically like to push on the controlling of the content types in Term store, and use the content type hub and try to control everything in the content type hub. And every time there's a new site being created through an automated process or whatever, those content types uh, and the site columns are automatically being pushed down to this site. Okay. Uh, that still, if you still have the ability as a site owner to, to create content types at the site level, but again, through training and best practices there's no reason for them to do that. So once you control that, this is my the way I would do it, yeah. uh, control at the content type hard level and the term store, at least you have a lot more control over it. And and content owners will appreciate that, that you're actually doing things them. Well.
2: Yeah. So follow-up question to that. If you do control content types, uh, terms, term store, and so on centrally, who in a typical organization is the one that actually controls those things or configures those. Is mm-hmm. that the IT team? Is it a different kind of team?
0: Uh, I've had the mix uh, of both. IT team, I would say the majority of the time the IT team would control that. Yeah. Uh, they have the knowledge of the Term Store, they have the technical knowledge of how to do it. And I've seen it in a couple of organizations only in the many, many projects I've done where there is a content management team and their role is to manage the Term Store, the yeah. content type hub, Um, the compliance as well. They just manage all of that and they have access to create them.
1: The one thing I love about what you just said is that it's a department or a team. It's not a person because what happens, I think, in many organizations, um, you end up having someone who specializes in it, someone who gets very detail-oriented about it, and you want to make sure that you have a continuity factor, that it's not reliant on Mike. Antonio, right? It's it's something exactly. that is understood by more than just one person because you don't want your any strategy um, is not an enterprise strategy if it's dependent on a single individual.
2: It, it absolutely agree. true. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a couple of different ways of doing that. I've seen a um, content management team, especially for large organizations.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, sometimes it's a knowledge management team. Sometimes they're one and the same. Um, if it's a smaller organization, the IT team perhaps does it um, with direction and you know back and forth with the business to figure out what's needed. Um, uh, my personal preference is when it's a content management team and an all ol- or a knowledge manager team. If your company has the luxury of establishing that, because it's a certain I'll say a um, fairly I've used this terminology a lot lately, kind of a specialized domain to figure out what content types do you need, what kind of metadata columns. Do you need, um, how do you name your content types so that they make sense? All of that so that it fits in with business. Sometimes IT people are great at that. And sometimes it's, um, they they don't always have necessarily the um, understanding of the business process to name them effectively. So they would need to partner with the business users to figure those things out. Sure.
1: Great. Good topic.
2: Yeah, lots to talk about in this one. I think I feel like we could go on and on on this one. Um, It's hard to draw that line. Um, You know, you could go down to very detailed levels of even version control. I'm Mm -hmm. a fan of leave the default version settings, which is on and the, you know, max of 500 uh, Mm -hmm. major versions on documents. But I've seen some organizations want to lower that or turn it off for various reasons and not a fan of that usually.
1: Yeah, I agree. But if you look at it as a common theme, whether we're talking about this, or we're talking about MIP, um, if every time that you insert a speed bump into the normal flow or the normal process, you have a clear definition of why you're doing it. And you have the ability to communicate it to people. I think that that's always a good kind of rule to live by, right? If you're gonna have a speed bump, have a reason why, and make sure it's understood
2: yeah, I really like that what what you mentioned earlier, of starting from why, why are you why do you want to control this? Because I yeah. think that drives first of all, it helps the the um, the organization realize, why are we even bothering to control this? Mm-hmm. And it helps them face that fact because sometimes it's not a a thing they love to face, but they need to. And then that helps you perhaps build out some better governance processes and reasons to control it or not control it or figure out where to draw that line.
1: Absolutely. Good discussion. And I like being able to bring things that we talk about offline, online, um, because uh, frankly, sometimes the best conversations are the ones that happen after the camera stops rolling. And that's what we did in this case, right? We started talking about this after the camera stopped rolling. And I love that we came back and, and had a conversation that everybody can share in.
2: Exactly. Well, thanks to you both for talking about this. I think this is a a great topic for everyone. It's a question that we face often. And uh, thanks everyone for listening.